0: guys. What is up reborn family? I'm so glad that you are joining me on season three of the reborn podcast. Uh, we have gotten so much into, uh, nutrition and I think, I think it's really important because we're coming up on the holidays and this is where I see a lot of people lose all of their gains and all of their progression and their good habits that they have made Over the last nine months and it's like the holiday days start coming. We have, you know, bags of candy for Halloween. We have Thanksgiving on the horizon. And I, you know, last year, everything was kind of at a standstill. So I know this year it's going to be even more challenging for so many individuals because we're going to be put in situations with a lot more parties. Uh, There's going to be a lot more um, drinking, a lot more food, a lot more sweets. And it's, it's going to be very tempting for those of you who maybe uh, this is your first year, kind of changing your lifestyle and getting those good habits, and so you're going to be faced with brand new challenges uh, that you that you've never had to face before, and learning to say no and creating those boundaries for yourself uh, when it comes to just like the parties and being around foods that are tempting. And so this week I, I'm really excited to have Melissa Urban on. She is the CEO of Whole30 Program. Um, She is also the author of six New York Times bestselling books uh, about the program. She is also a popular speaker on topics including entrepreneurship, fitness, and nutrition. She hosts the Do The Thing podcast and has been featured in outlets, including the New York Times, People, The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Dr. Oz, and good morning, America. Uh, you can follow Melissa on her social media channel. It's uh, her Instagram is Melissa U M E L I S S A U. So I'm I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to digging in and kind of learning about you know what was her inspiration of, to even start the whole 30 program. And uh, I don't know. Like I know that there's going to be some amazing takeaways from this, and. I want you guys to start planning right now before we even get into the thick of the holidays. Um, I like to ask myself these questions whenever I'm getting ready to to go out, and I'm like, you know, preparing. Um, if you are going to a party, and you know, it could be a holiday party, a business work party, a luncheon, it doesn't matter. You have to be prepared to be to be surrounded. By foods that you probably shouldn't be eating, uh, the temptation is there when you're in the moment, and so you have to tell yourself it's really hard to say no. It's really hard to like not to you know to stay away from the foods that you know that you're not supposed to eat. But it's only in that moment where the pressure that you feel is at its all time high. So the moment, it's like if somebody brings like a pizza in the room, right? We smell it. We want it. And like, okay, we're not supposed to have pizza. And then the moment the pizza leaves, the moment we can no longer see it or smell it or be tempted by it, that that pressure, the, the peer pressure from the pizza, it goes away. So it's the same thing uh, whenever you guys go to parties. Know that it's going to be hard in that moment. Um, some other pieces of advice that I, I love to give people is sign up and bring something healthy that you know that you can have and that you're not going to crash your diet or even worse uh, a lot of times, especially when we've been very disciplined and diligent in our diets, Uh, This can cause a spiral out of control and then we just begin binge eating. And that is what I don't want to happen to anybody. Um, So just educate yourself, know about the foods that you're putting into your body. Uh, Let's tap into Melissa Urban's podcast. We're going to pick her brain. We're going to find some pointers and some things Uh, some life lessons that you guys can apply as we move on through these upcoming months of holidays, gatherings, and get-togethers. Well, I just want to say welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Uh, So I was looking at your Instagram and it says in the bio, it says that you're a um, uh, something about boundaries, yeah. you're a, a, boundaries,
1: uh, I think it's his personal boundaries advisor, maybe. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> can you, uh, t- can you talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. So boundaries are just something that I have kind of always talked about, right? I lead the Whole30 community. When you're on a Whole30, you have to say no a lot and you have to sort of hold your own health commitments against outside peer pressure or against maybe societal pressure. So I've been leading people through how to clearly and kindly say no and uphold your own sort of health commitments for a really long time. And it's only natural that that has now spilled over into me helping people say no to invitations that they don't want to attend or how to stick up for themselves at work or in relationships. So yeah, I I talk about boundaries a lot.
0: I love that. I think that's, I think that's really important. I mean, I, uh, I have a community and, uh, of like, you know, just girls who are going down like their fitness journey. And a lot of the times I, I see them on social media and they're trying to change their lifestyle and they're trying to, um, make better, like simple, healthier choices. And then you have, and then they like post up these funny videos on the side of like somebody who's like tempting them to eat a cookie or to be like, and I I have to tell them like, it it, it might be funny at first. Like, it's kind of like, Oh yeah. Like that. Thanks. But after a while, like you have to have people in your corner and in your circle who are going to support you because especially depending on the individual, it is, it is so easy to kind of go back to your old habits or to, um, I mean, just to kind of like, give in to those temptations whenever you're trying to change your, your whole outlook on, on eating. Yeah. So, um, I really kind of want to dig into the whole 30. I think this is such an awesome segment for, for right now with the, with the reborn listeners, because there's a lot of stress right now going yeah. on in the world. And I think that, um, how some of us deal with it. I, and and I like to kind of preach this to, um, all of my followers and and the listeners on the reborn podcast is, You can control what is right in front of you. You can control um, what you put in your mouth. You can control what you're drinking. You can control your activity. Like There's things outside of our control. There are so many outside pressures and stress right now in the world, but you can control what you eat. Um, So I want to talk about, uh, I just kind of want to open up the show with, I want to talk about the Whole30 program. And why you created the Whole30 program, what kind of, um, I guess, led you to create the Whole30 program. Yeah. And, um, yeah can you just talk about that?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, the Whole30 started as a two-person self-experiment in 2009. So I was very into CrossFit at the time. I was really into my own performance and recovery. And we were sitting around after this really difficult Olympic lifting uh, session in Boston. And my co-founder and I were just kind of talking about what it would be like if we kind of cleaned up our diet, just that last like 20%, if we really focused on only eating anti-inflammatory foods for a full 30 days, like I wonder what would happen to our performance and our recovery. And I remember at the time I was eating Thin Mints straight out of the sleeve because I had just exercised and I had earned them. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I would totally do that. And he was like, well, why why don't we just start right now? And I'm a recovering drug addict and all of the things that made me a really good addict make me very good at these kinds of challenges. So I was like, okay, handed my Thin Mints to my friend Zach and began this 30-day self-experiment. And I really was hoping to see some performance and recovery improvements, but it was such an incredibly transformative experience in every area of my life. My energy got better. My sleep got better. My mood was happier. I felt more self-confident and I showed up in a more present way. And it highlighted for me all of the ways that I was using food in an unhealthy fashion to reward myself, to show myself comfort, to self-soothe, to punish myself, to relieve anxiety. And in the absence of those foods for 30 days, I learned other coping strategies, how to sit in discomfort. So at the end of those 30 days, I feel like I had a profoundly improved relationship with food, like something that really stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to share about it on my little CrossFit blog and maybe a few hundred people said that sounds interesting. I would want to try that. And that was really the start of the first full 30.
0: So how did you, like, what was your approach to cutting out? Like, was there there a method to like cutting out certain foods? Yeah. And like, did you, cause for me, like my, uh, like kind of behavior, like I, like I'm fine with being super repetitive, like with what I eat. So I can just like almost like eat the same thing, like over and over again. Uh, I mean, some people can't do that. But how was your approach? Like, did you just become like obsessed with just like eating, like eating everything, or like yeah, like, uh, the same things? Or how was that?
1: We we base the foods that we eliminate on anti-inflammatory research that was coming out at the time from Dr. Lauren Cordain and Rob Wolf, some of the founders of kind of the original paleo-style approach. <laughs> And so we eliminated foods based on kind of the scientific literature that said these foods can be problematic, right? They're not bad. We're certainly not eliminating them because they're bad, but they can be problematic. And the way that you decide how they work for you is to pull them out for 30 days and then reintroduce them and compare your experience. So I was already eating largely a whole food based diet, but I had a lot of like low fat dairy. I had a lot of whole grains, like very much sort of a USDA or almost like a traditional like bodybuilding diet at the time. So I was pulling out a lot of dairy. I was pulling out some grains and replacing it with, you know, vegetables and fruit I can also eat the same thing on repeat kind of all the time. And I find that, that most people kind of stick to the same like eight to 10 meals in their rotation anyway. So it yeah. was pretty easy for me just to swap a few things out, add more veggies and fruit, include more healthy fats. Um, and like I said, I'm very good at like, oh, this is my plan. I'm just going to do this plan. It's like not hard for me to stick to it. So uh-huh. yeah, that was kind of how I approached those first 30 days.
0: Yeah. I know that you've written a little bit about uh, just kind of like a long year fitness journey and. Dealing with some substance abuse, um, can you can you talk about like how that, like what was it about that, and what were the first steps that you took that made you want to make a change in your life? Can we talk about that yeah, a little bit?
1: Of course, yeah. I'm a I'm an addict in recovery. I've been in recovery for 21 years now. It's been a very long time, but I spent five years using after experiencing some trauma at the age of 16 that like I didn't know how to process and didn't have the tools or support to process. And I think, you know, I had some very supportive people in my corner when I was using. I had a boyfriend at the time that was incredibly supportive and really helped me kind of get into and get through rehabilitation. I have a ton of privilege in that area, and that my family was very supportive. I went back to a job that held my job for me while I was in rehab. Like Mm. I had all of these factors kind of setting me up for success in life after. I still relapsed after a year. Mm. That's still like a part of my journey. And it's a very common part of an addiction journey. But after that relapse, that was when I realized that if I really wanted to maintain my recovery, I had to change every single aspect about myself. I had to become a healthy person with healthy habits. And I had to see myself as that way. It was no longer... I could no longer afford to tell myself a story that I was unlovable, that I was unworthy, that I was a bad person because of my past behavior. Mm. I had to really believe... That I was this healthy person with healthy habits. And I had to look for evidence every single moment of the day to support that I was. So I started building that evidence into my day. A healthy person with, with healthy habits would get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym before they went to work. So I started doing that. They would make new like minded girlfriends at the gym who like to run more than they like to go out for margaritas. So I did that. Yeah. You know, I, I purposefully tried to build all of these different buffers into my life to support this idea so that anywhere I looked, I could say, yes, that's something a a healthy person would do. So
0: it's a, it's so true. And you're a living testament to to this is that you become the sum of the people that you hang out with. I mean, you had to, and I think that it's important to know, um, you know, obviously you had to have support. You had to have support whenever you decided to make this lifestyle change. And you talk about your relapse and having to go through that and like reminding yourself like that this is who you want to be and this is who you're becoming. But it's so important that, um, and I like to say that sometimes like people come into your life and, or the people who have been in your life and your past and, and who you are in the past, like you may not have to completely, um, remove them from your life, but you have, it goes back to what we were talking about, the boundaries. You have to create that space and like that distance. And and it also like on a positive, um, level, it allows different, a different type of influence to come into your life to be like, Oh, Hey, like, no, I'm not going to go to the bar today to get margaritas. Like we're going to go for a run instead. And just creating that lifestyle. Um, it is so incredibly important. So I want to talk to you about what is it that inspired you, um, to start looking at your relationship with food and like, what was it? Was there something kind of in your life? Like, what is it that sparked you aside from kind of like going from like the CrossFit world? Um, and your, was there something that kind of like sparked that curiosity of like wanting to just. Yeah. No. or see what that was about?
1: It didn't happen that way. If you had yeah. asked me at that moment, like, how's your relationship with food? I would be like, great. I have a healthy relationship with food. I have no history with eating disorders. I ate to satiety. I ate to perform in the gym and to build muscle. I ate very healthy. I paid attention to what I ate. It wasn't until I did this first Whole30 that I began to identify the unhealthy ways in which I was using food. And to be honest, I was using food in a lot of ways that I used to use drugs and Mm. it was never apparent to me until I removed those foods. And so now it was like that security blanket where anytime I felt anxious, anytime I felt like I needed to treat myself, I turned to food Mm. In the absence of that, now I was like, oh shoot, I'm anxious. Now Now what do I do? Now what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So it was almost like my security blanket was ripped away and I had to find other coping strategies that involve things like sitting in my feelings, talking to a therapist, talking to my friends about how I was feeling, going for a walk, journaling, like all of these different activities that I knew to do, but never had to do because food was just so easy and so available and so societally acceptable, right? You have a bad day, you go home, you pull out the tub of ice cream, like that's just what you do. So it wasn't that I questioned my relationship with food. In fact, I I didn't. I thought my relationship was great, and it wasn't until my first whole thirty that I identified the ways that it could be even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: um so like w- what led you to create the whole whole 30s program and like put it out there were you were you a little intimidated or scared to be like oh my gosh people are not gonna think that I'm crazy uh, yeah I did but, like, I did are you- <laughs> okay can <laughs> I- you talk about that like what like what was the process like when were you like all right I mean you probably put it out there to your group right and everybody's like oh like I, I would love to learn more about this and then you know, that, that probably helped build like a little confidence. Like, okay, this is, I want to get this out to the world. Yeah. yeah. What, what was it? how did you do that? That was, that's a really big step. And you're making, you're putting yourself into a very vulnerable place of being like, this is what I did. It changed my life. I believe in it. Now I want to give it to you guys. Yeah. I want to show the world. I want to tell the world about Whole 30 and how it can benefit you. Can you talk about the journey of that for a little bit?
1: It's so funny because I think back to what happened and I think back, I think to where we are today. And but I remember calling my friend Melissa after my first Whole 30. And I was like, look, I did this 30 day thing. We kind of just like made it up and it went so well. I had this incredible experience. Do you think anybody would want to hear about it? And she was like, yeah, I think people might be interested. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to write about it on my little CrossFit blog and see if anyone wants to do it. And as I mentioned, like a couple, maybe a hundred or 200 people were like, this sounds interesting. If you wanted to write down what you did, we would do it and see how it yeah. went. Yeah. So in July, I wrote, you know, I wrote down the first set of rudimentary whole 30 rules. And at the end of July, when people started reporting back their results, that was the moment that I was like, oh, this is something, you know, when two people Mm. do this self-experiment and they get great results, you're like, cool, but it's an N of two, right? That's not especially meaningful. When a few hundred people come back and they get remarkably similar and also life-changing results, that was when I was like, this is like a thing. We have like a thing here. So because I was so incredibly connected to the CrossFit community, I was teaching CrossFit kettlebell certs and writing for the CrossFit Journal, and they were very well connected through their forum before social media was a big thing. Word of mouth really grew. We found ourselves traveling to CrossFit Gym on the weekends while I worked my nine to five job, talking about the whole 30 to like 30 or 40 or 50 people at a time. And it largely grew via word of mouth for the first like three years until my first book came out in 2012. Mm, so your yeah. book's been out since 2012. First book in 2012, the flagship whole 30 book came out in 2015. And that one hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And then we were like off and running. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, how was it like building your team and getting the book out? Like, how was it? How is it being like now? Because, were you, uh, when you said that you were working your nine to five job, what was your nine to five job? Was I, it...
1: for, yeah, I was for, yeah, I was a business analyst and I ran a team okay. of operations. So, I managed it for an insurance company. So, I ran three different teams and three different offices and, wow. you know, did a bunch of like reporting and business analysis and operations management. My degree is in business. So at some point in 2010, basically after we had been traveling to do these workshops, the momentum had built so much that it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm either gonna jump and leave this like really well-paying full-time job and see if we can make this whole 30 thing work, or the whole 30 is just gonna kind of flutter along. And Mm -hmm. so we, you know, I pulled the trigger, quit my job. That's when I moved to Salt Lake City from New Hampshire for like a home base to be near the mountains and near a really solid airport and that was when you know we really started investing and i'm still doing this with my co-founder at this point it wasn't until about 2013 that i started running the business by myself um but yeah it took off from there
0: did you think that it's it's interesting cuz uh like i think about like my journey i have a, i own a couple different businesses and it's um you know you talk about your childhood, and you had to go through some stuff you couldn't process. So, you started doing some substance and like abusing that, right? Um, which ultimately led you to kind of latch on to like what this whole 30 was, or because of your experiences in the past and because of the hardships that you've had to go through in the past, like that, that, that was creating. Melissa urban today. Mm -hmm. You, I believe, I truly believe that like people have to go through these hard things and and they, they, it's almost like it's shaping us and we don't even know. And probably in retrospect, uh, do you think if you wouldn't have gone through all of that as a young child and the substance abuse that you would be where you're at today? And like latching on to the whole 30.
1: I know it's so, this is such a tricky conversation because I'm at a place in my journey where I'm able to see that perspective, where I'm able to say, I'm grateful for the lessons that these things taught me and Mm -hmm. they brought me to where I am today. And I'm so happy and so fulfilled that you can't want to change anything, right? Or your outcome might be different, but I'm always very careful not to credit the trauma or not to credit the addiction. I credit my resilience. I credit my tenacity. I credit my, you know, commitment to like myself and my worth and my value. Like, I don't want to heap, I don't like, I'm not going to give credit to the guy who traumatized me. I'm going to give credit to myself for like digging myself out of that hole. It's hard. I, I never want to force someone to try to look at it that way because I feel like when you come from a background of trauma or hardship, Like you got to reach that in your own time and maybe you'll never reach that. And that is also okay. But I can see that perspective that you just shared now for myself. And I can be grateful for those things that brought me all of the skills that I have now that let me do what I do today. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, I absolutely love it. Melissa, I think that is such a great outlook and approach, um, to everything that you've gone through in the past. And, you know, I I like to say like, we we all go through challenges in our life and maybe somebody who's listening to this and they're wanting to change their life, but they kind of keep going back to, I I don't know what, like what it is, especially like women, like we're so hard hard on ourselves. Like we're so quick to tell ourselves like that we're not good enough or that we can never do this or that we can't stick with something like for any longer than a week. Um, and I don't know what it is about like the female brain that kind of gets programmed like that. And I think that it all starts with, um, that positive self talk, uh, to yourself that, that telling yourself that you are enough and that, that you are worth it. Yeah. And, um, that helps you overcome so many trials and, and climb so many mountains in your life because we all, we all are going to face it. And, um, so talking about you're so you're, uh, an entrepreneur, did you ever think that you'd be an entrepreneur? I never
1: wanted to run my own business. Never. That was never a dream of mine. No. And there are definitely some aspects of it that I love and some aspects that I absolutely hate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I would, uh, I would say, um, so I have a restaurant here in Virginia beach is where I'm located. And, uh, I think like one of the biggest challenges as I don't even want to say, I don't even want to categorize myself as being like a female entrepreneur. I just think like a, an entrepreneur period, you know, like the hard work and, and the successful people in business, like, um, you know, the, the business work ethic, like it doesn't discriminate between like a guy or a girl. Like I think that you put in the work and you spend the time grinding that you, you have and getting out your message. Um, you know, the, the work and like the, uh, award for that reward for that is, is from all the time that you've just spent with your head down grinding. Um, Can you speak a little bit about being an entrepreneur and building your team that you have uh, with the Whole30 and how that journey has been for you?
1: Yeah. So you know, I'm so lucky in that I had a lot of hiring experience in my old job. So I managed people, I managed teams, I did a ton of hiring. I think I'm pretty good at it. So when it came time, and I had some great mentors at my old job too who really helped develop me professionally. So when it came time to build my team out, I knew that I was looking for talent over skill. You can teach someone the skills that it takes to be a social media manager to post the posts and schedule and look at strategy, but like you can't teach someone talent. Talent is something that's like innate and inherit. So I was looking for someone who was talented, who got our voice, who got the mission, who wanted to have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um And I wanted to recruit from people within the Whole30 community, which we've almost exclusively done at this point. You know, Mm -hmm. we are such a mission-driven company that I want anyone who comes in to have done a Whole30 or have done a version of it that's appropriate for their lifestyle. We have one vegan on our team who's done like a veganized version of the Whole30. Um, And I want you to really believe in the message. You have to be like a true believer of the Whole30 and the power of the Whole30. And I always wanted to hire people who were better than me. I'm hiring... to run my social media because you're better at it than I am. And right. I have no yep. issue delegating. I have no problem turning over tasks to you know, folks who are better. And I'm so happy to say that I have a team full of people who are so much better than I am at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're so passionate and devoted. And I think we have 20, almost 20 full-time employees right now that's um, awesome. Which has grown a lot just in the last like three years. And are they we, all
0: are they all local or are they everywhere? Hundred percent
1: remote. We have always yeah, been hundred percent remote. Yeah. I didn't want to ever limit my talent pool just to like Salt Lake City or Park right. City. And when the pandemic hit, that worked out perfectly for us. Yeah. And we're all yeah, well versed and remote. Um, but yeah, I have a wonderful team now. Incredibly, you know, devoted and dedicated. Everyone works great together, and I'm you know really thrilled with how far the business has come as a result of bringing on such good people.
0: Um, How has like talking about the pandemic really quick. um, Can you talk to the the listeners about how important in your opinion it is right now uh, to, if you haven't done it in this last year to change your diet? And to yeah. start eating Whole Foods, can you talk about that a little bit? I've, of course. Did, I did can. you have a did you have a pretty big spike in like people who were interested in the Whole Thirty? We did, of like wanting, yeah.
1: We did. We had a huge. We decided impromptu to run a big community wide Whole Thirty at home in April 2020, kind of at the height of the pandemic, because what we noticed were people who had done the program before leaning on their healthy Whole Thirty habits more than ever for a couple reasons. One, you already talked about this idea that we can't control everything that's happening around us, but like we can control how we're choosing to respond to it. And people decided that they were going to take back some sense of like control and stability by returning to their healthy Whole30 habits. People were cooking at home now, whether you liked it or not, you were cooking at home. So the Whole30 is a great program for teaching people how to cook. And we also noticed that people really wanted to feel a sense of community. Everyone was isolated at home and we wanted to feel like we were still somehow connected to people who would offer us that like support and encouragement. And the Whole30 community always does such a great job of that. So we saw a huge spike in people returning to the program and doing the Whole30 for the first time. And I do think it's, you know, obviously for the health implications of choosing a healthy diet and choosing to fuel yourself with anti-inflammatory foods, it's obviously very important from just a general health and an immune system perspective. But it's also one of those things that you can control. You can't control what's happening with the Delta variant. You can't control what's happening with, you know, whether or not your neighbors are vaccinated or not, but you can think about, am I doing everything in my power to keep myself healthy? And for many that does include and has included making dietary changes. I love that. Yeah.
0: Um, what, what would you recommend for somebody who is uh, wanting to change their lifestyle Um How does the process like that works? Like, do you just do like, okay, I want to do whole 30 and like, boom, everything changes or like, what is the, what is the process? Like if if you're speaking to somebody who maybe has like really poor eating habits and they come to you and they're like, oh, Melissa, like I can't cook at home. I'm a horrible cook. I'm a really busy mother. I work, uh, like 60 hours a week. Um, I'm eating basically fast food all the time, getting my kids to practice, like going to work myself. How do you, what is your approach to somebody like that who feels like that they could never just cook all their meals from home and to do the whole 30?
1: I always recommend that people start with food. The title of my first book is It Starts With Food because I think Mm -hmm. that our relationship with food is so foundational and what we choose to eat impacts every single area of our life. And you made a comment like, what, I just do the whole 30 and everything changes. But like, honestly, that's how it works for a lot of people. You do the whole 30 and it brings about this sense of self-efficacy and self-confidence. You're showing up in the world differently. You're sleeping better. Your energy is more consistent. Your digestion is smoother. You no longer have those aches and pains. And that changes how you show up at work. It changes your capacity to want to go for a walk or want to start that exercise program or want to start meditation or go back to school or dump your crap. Be toxic boyfriend, like all of those things <laughs> of can that. change, yeah. but I, we're talking a lot about the whole 30, the September whole 30 that we're running now starting September 1st. You can keep it incredibly simple. You do not have to cook super fancy recipes from scratch every single day. You can just throw ingredients on a plate and dump a dressing or sauce over it and call it good. You can just order a Whole30 salad bowl from Chipotle. And that is so valid and like so worthy. We have tons of convenience products, tons of Whole30 approved meal delivery companies. Like you can slice it and dice it any way you want. If you need to do a super budget Whole30, we've got you covered with grocery shopping lists from Walmart and Aldi. If you have more money than time, we can show you all of these convenience products such that you can complete a whole 30 with like minimal meal prep effort. So because we've been running the program for so long and we have tons and tons of free resources, no, basically no matter what your circumstances, if you want to do a whole 30, we can help you get there and you can keep it simple. And that whole 30 is just as valid. Wow. I, that's so
0: awesome. I I've actually, so I'm a pretty clean, like I'm very into like fitness, obviously. I, uh, So I've done all kinds of like eating. Like I, I was paleo forever. I did keto when I was doing these like long, crazy endurance things that I was doing, Um, and now I do more like intermittent fasting. I like, I would. If I wanted to try the Whole 30 program, how do you get involved in the community?
1: Yeah. So there are a couple different entry points. You can just go to, so first of all, I want to mention the Whole 30 is free. So the entirety of oh. the program is free. The resources available on our website are free. Like you only have to buy the food that you're going to eat if you want to do the program. So that's really. That's always been important to me is making sure the program is accessible. You can go to our website and there's a little button that that says do the Whole30 and you click on that and we will take you through every single aspect of getting started, how to plan and prepare, how to gain your support system, how to grocery shop, how to meal prep. We've got a meal plan available in the Whole30 book. That's actually another avenue of access is if you want more detail and more sort of step-by-step guidance, the Whole30 book, which is our flagship, will walk you through every step of the way and give you 100 really simple recipes with ingredients that you can find in any grocery store or you can work with a whole 30 certified coach so we have more than 200 whole 30 coaches nationwide and worldwide where they're running group whole 30s all the time and you can sign up to either work one on one or in a group depending on the coach that you pick and they walk you through the program and there's your accountability and your support and your resources and and kind of your like immediate sense of um like referrals or references, yeah,
0: that's incredible. so there's yeah. there's no excuse. People would like they say that I you know, I can't do it because I don't have like the time and the money. Guys, all of this is out there for you at no cost. Melissa yeah. has done this, and the community and you have the support. So there's really no reason like why, Anybody like, why wouldn't you
1: want to make yeah. your life better, right? You know, what's so interesting though. You do hear people who are like, I don't, I don't have time to grocery shop or I have a really busy schedule or I don't know how to cook. What I've discovered is that y- it sounds like it's a logical argument. So if I just provide like, oh, here's our grocery shopping list or here's a really easy meal plan. What I found though, is that there's an underlying emotional argument that's coming mm-hmm. out and you can't ever win an emotional argument with logic. So when someone right. says... I don't have time to cook or I don't, whatever. Usually the question I'll ask is like, what about this full 30 experiment kind of freaks you out? What are the, what's the thing that you're the most like nervous or insecure about? Because there's usually some underlying fear. Maybe it's around social isolation. Like if I change my habits, will I still ha- be able to keep my friends? Maybe it's around fear of failure. You know, I've done other diets before. Diet culture is so insidious and I couldn't do those because it's not your fault and you were set up to fail. So I don't know if I can do the whole 30. Maybe it's fear of success. You know, I've been so, so wanting to make these changes. And if I do make these changes, like what else is going to change in my life? So there are a lot of underlying emotional reasons that we speak to, uh, with the program as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really true. What, uh, what's next for you, Melissa?
1: Well, I just released my new website, MelissaU.com. So that's been really fun. It's kind of where I talk about things that are tangential to the Whole30, like boundaries and relationships and addiction and recovery and self-care. So very Whole30 related, but not specific mm-hmm. to food. So I launched that about a month ago and I'm continuing Congrats. to kind of build that out. Yeah, thanks. It's exciting. And, you know, I'm just continuing through my, my podcast, which... Um, I've got about 40 or 45 episodes released now and my Instagram channel to kind of continue talking about these things that people tend to naturally gravitate to when their whole 30 is over. Now that they feel like their relationship with food is better and they have more energy, you know, what else can I look at in my life? And maybe it's some kind of therapeutic practice, or maybe it's unpacking trauma, or maybe it's mobility or fitness. And so I talk about all of that stuff kind of on those channels.
0: Mm -hmm. So speaking of a Whole30, what is your favorite, can we can I call it a cheat meal? What's like your favorite cheat meal?
1: Well, so I think I love that you asked that question because it's really important to note that you don't do Whole30 forever. It's not a prescriptive way of eating. The whole point of this self-experiment is to figure out which foods do and don't work for you. Mm. So thanks to my Whole30 experiments, I have figured out that oatmeal is Awesome. I'm super active and I run much better on more carbs. So I eat oatmeal every day. I eat white rice every single day. Um, I love hot buttered popcorn. So I'll do that in the evenings there's like one particular brand of ice cream that like called moose tracks where I'll just dig out the peanut butter cups and like leave all the vanilla in the tub for my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But these are all (laughs) things that like I have figured out work totally great for me. I can include them in my regular diet in a way that feels so healthy and sustainable, but I still feel exactly as good as I want to feel. And that's what we call food freedom. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
0: Um, So last question, um, so it, first of all, if anybody wants to join the whole thirty, what do, what is the website that they go to? Yes, yeah, it
1: it's just it's whole30.com, Whole30. W-H-O-L-E okay. and the number 30. All of our social media is at whole thirty. We're cool. running clubhouses, clubhouse rooms almost every day of the September whole thirty nice. to help you join. So there's tons of support.
0: So do you have do you have it going like every month? So like September 30 is so you have basically like every month it's like, okay, who wants to do it? Like, and then it's like
1: we run big group Whole30s twice a year, September and January. Those are sort uh, of the big okay. sort of transition points. But our coaches are running groups every single month. Whole30 community are starting every single day of every single year. So if you go to our free forum on our website, or if you go to social media, you can always find a buddy, even if you want to start on a totally random day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Wow. So many options. So yeah. literally, literally, you guys, Melissa has made this story like you cannot... You can't say no, like just (laughs) just join it, just do it. Um, So my last question that I I was going to ask is, uh, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind?
1: Oh, that's a good question, Ashley. I don't necessarily care that anyone remembers me or like my name, but I want Whole30 to persist. I want it to become a household name such that people everywhere who want to change their life through... Changing the food they put on their plate can do so, and that it's accessible, and that it's representative of our large, diverse population, and that, and that it's culturally culturally sensitive, bringing in recipes from a variety of cultures. Like, I want to continue to grow the brand in a way that feels like it's serving the community, and in a way that far outlives like me and my influence. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today on the Reborn Podcast. And you guys heard it here: like your your food is your fuel, so you have to fill that tank with good, whole, nutritious f- foods. Um, just cut out all of the processed foods, and um, and you are worth it. I think it, it's important for us to know that, like, we get we get like one shot at this. Like, we have one body that we have to take care of for the rest of our lives. So you need to fuel it and treat it and nourish it like it is like you are you are worth it like you deserve to be nourished and um fueled appropriately And it's never
1: too late it is never too late to start to wake up and say today's the day that i'm gonna i'm gonna start my day one and change my life yeah
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Reborn Podcast. Uh, I'm definitely going to go check it out because I actually order all my groceries online. I haven't been to a grocery store, Melissa, because it like stresses me out. I know. Uh, Probably like in over two years, maybe yeah. three, I I've been like, I I've, I've had to pick up random things for my restaurant American brew. Um, but I, uh, that, and that's one way that I save time as like a working mother. I just order all my groceries online and it's basically the same every single time yes. I order groceries. Yeah. I basically like, I'm kind of a creature of habit and I just order the same groceries, but I'll just, uh, you know, maybe prepare it a little bit differently or something. So yeah. I'm going to check it out, especially if you have shopping lists. I think that it makes it so easy because then you just put all that in and you just get it shipped to your door and... I know. Bada bing,
1: bada boom. Yeah. I'm a huge Instacart fan. I also do. We have several Whole30 approved national meal delivery companies. So like, we just launched one with Justin Turner of the Dodgers called Fresh and Lean. And they will send Whole30 approved meals. You can like check your macros and get whatever macros you want, but they'll send meals straight to your doorstep. And I love having those on hand too, just for like, oh, I only have a half hour between Zoom meetings. And... I know I get a full meal in, and I have to do zero prep and zero cleanup. So those are just. I nice love that. I I'm
0: girl. I am all about that life. <laughs> I'm all about that life. So all right. Hey, well, thank you so much, and I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Ashley. Great to okay. talk to you. Likewise. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Reborn Podcast with Ashley Horner. Be sure to follow us, leave a review in Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show. Thanks again for listening to the Reborn Podcast from Ironclad. See you guys next week. Peace.